Thank you for joining us. For your encouragement, we bring to you this biblical sermon from Dr. Charlie Dates, preached at the Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago. We hope that it leaves you refreshed and inspired. If you're ever in Chicago on a Sunday, we'd love to have you in worship with us. Join now. This message already in Acts chapter 27. I need this on the screen up there. Thank you, because I don't have the King James Version in front of me. But uh, I wanted to take a look at uh, a number of passages that speak to the brokenness of life. And I hope y'all don't make me work too hard today. God knows. Uh, but what I can tell you is I know what it's like to be broken. And uh, you just you live a little while and you come to see it. But I'm convinced I'm more blessed than I am broken. And, and I, I'm not here to tell you about me. I'm saying this is the human experience. And so as we today endeavor into a narrative in the New Testament that speaks to brokenness, I hope that you will with me anticipate God's great voice speaking to your life today, all right? I want to read into your hearing, uh, really, hmm, I, I got a few verses here, but I want to, verse 42 uh, is where the title of our sermon comes from, but I'll go down to verse 44. It says, and the soldier's counsel was to, okay, y'all just changed it on me. Let's do verse 42. And the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Verse 44 says, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass and they escape all safe to land. Do you see that? Some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. Leave that there for me. I don't know if you've ever felt like you were living on broken pieces. But I want a day to tell you if that's where you've been and if that's where you are, you're in good company because you can make it on broken pieces. I want to tag this text in our exchange. I really should just do that. You can make it. I'm going to leave it there. You can make it on broken pieces. You may be seated. That's what I want to talk about today. Pastor Jamal, grab this one. Just put it by you. Humanity is fascinated with voyages on the sea. Just last night as I was cheering for Lamar Jackson to beat the Houston Texans, uh, I watched the repeated, amen, thank you for those four hand claps. I watched the repeated commercials of Royal Caribbean highlighting their new, fun, and exciting uh, waterscapes on top of their boats. I'm not a guy who enjoys cruises, to be honest with you, but I'm fascinated by the fact that people are returning in droves to these boats on the open sea now that our pandemic has subsided. It's not just on the sea, but it's also on the lake. Some of you listening to me here today have called it worship while you were doing brunch with your besties on Lake Michigan on Sunday morning. And you said, well, I can't be in the house of God, but I can enjoy the creation of God. And there you were out on Lake Michigan while we were in church. Because we are not satisfied merely to live on land, are we? We enjoy the water, 
Even those of us who cannot swim very well, we tend to savor the views on the liquid terrain because we humans are fascinated with voyages on the sea. We are also fascinated by perilous voyages. I mean, why else did Titanic bust the blocks with Leonardo DiCaprio holding, I don't even remember her name, on the bow of the ship. That was so romantic, wasn't it? And all the wind was blowing through. We knew they were going to die at the end of that movie, but we went anyway, paid our money to sit there and watch them people listen to a band on a sinking ship. It's not as polite, but it's still true that some of our best music has come from dangerous and damning shipwrecks. His name is Horatio Spafford. He wrote a hymn. He actually was here in Chicago in the real estate business when he sent his four daughters across the waters. When their boat collided, their ship collided with another ship, and his wife had to go out on another boat to find out what happened to those girls. She was the only one who survived. And as he jumped on a boat himself to cross over the waters, the captain told him, this is the place where that ship went down. And though we were not able to recover your daughter's bodies, they are likely somewhere in the water around here. It's a dangerous, perilous voyage. And he took pen to paper and said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll." Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. There's something about the water and the danger of the water. I think even in scripture, we see Noah amid the danger of the water. We see Jonah swallowed by the water. We hear the psalmist talking about those who go out into the deep to do business, attacked as it were by the water. There's danger on the open sea, church, and I think more than literarily, you and I find metaphorically that it speaks to our lives, don't we? Yeah, we are attracted to these tales of perilous voyages because we, deep down on the inside, know that we ourselves are but wayfarers, journeyers upon uncharted waters. But sometimes life feels like you are tossed and driven pilgrims at the mercy of the elements. We are feeling, as we look at that water, a kind of mirror to the merciless events of life. And I think that's what, yes, Walter took that hymn writer to pen those words. We are often tossed and driven on the restless seas of time. Y'all got to learn some hymns. Somber skies and howling tempest. Off succeed the bright sunshine. In the land of happy day, when, when our cares are passed away, we will understand it better. There you go. By, by and by. Oh, by and by. I'm sorry. I hear those old ladies singing in the church I grew up in. When the morning comes, all the saints of God are gathering home. We'll tell the story of how we made it, and we'll understand it better. By and by. That wasn't even my sermon, Kiersey. That's... That's the benefit of growing up in church. But I'm concerned about you 20s and 30-somethings as I write these sermons. Because you're so pain-averse. You do not appreciate the imagery of wayfarers and voyagers upon uncharted waters. You're like that 18th century poet, William Ernest Henley, 
who said, what did he say? Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. I feel a little agnostic thinking about it. He said that there is something as a double amputee that gives me the right to claim that I am the master of my own fate and the captain of my soul. That's just not true. Listen to me, you all. You, you who reject this imagery of life as a voyage and you as a wayfarer battling the uncertainties, let me tell you, you will never be the captain of your own soul. You will never be the master of your own fate. And the reason that many of us do not like this conception of life as a journey is because we always like to see ourselves as victors in the face of adversity with cheap solutions. We describe the agony of life as just kind of an exploration of my inner self. We want security more than we want adventure. We want comfort over adversity. We want soft lies over hard truth. And then we anesthetize ourselves against the reality of this sin-sick, sin-cursed world. And we end up mishandling misfortune. We misunderstand difficulty. We do not find in life the beauty of brokenness because for us everything has to be put together. But friends, I want to say to you, life just isn't like that. No relationship lasts well put together forever. No parent views safety for their children as something to behold uh, in perpetuity. No, nobody holds on to money forever and nobody holds on to these bodies forever. And so we spiral down in despair and disappointment when we miss the beauty of uncertainty and the glory in brokenness. Life is hard and the images in scripture again and again underscore that dangerous, delightful picture. When we come to the stories of the scripture, we come to see that human wisdom fails in the wake of catastrophe and suffering. That our strength is insufficient when we're thrown against the realities of hardship and disasters. And we long for someone who knows more than we know. We long to hear a solution from someone who's been through what we're facing. We, we in those moments do not always get uh, what we want, but, but we, as it were, in the darkness, grasp reaching out for a hand to hold ours when we cannot see our way through. And life is miserable when you reach out into the darkness and you feel no hand reaching back at you. So we are right to say we need someone wiser, someone stronger, someone better who can push back the aggression of disappointment and despair. And into that real picture of life, we walk into a real picture from the scripture. It's a storm in Acts 27. I want to tell you, I've gone back and forth with Pastor Sam and trying to work through some of this this week. This is a long, detailed story. You wonder why in the world would Luke leave all of these details 
on scripture for us. And I think it's because life is like that, y'all. It's not just what you've been through, but it's the memory of what you've been through. I wish I could pull up and preach this the, the way that I feel it. For some of us, it ain't even that we went through it. It's that we keep remembering what we went through. It, it's that we relive the pain. We relive the hurt and the disappointment. We can smell the cologne or perfume that they were wearing. We, we remember what the sunlight felt like when it happened. We know what that heartbreak is. And even though our hearts are somewhat mended again, trauma comes upon us when we start to relive the detail. I think that's part of the reason this is here is because what's true in the Bible is true of life. When you go through, you remember what you've been through. And here now, this text gives us a picture of contrasting personalities. And I, wanna, I want you to use this text today as a mirror more than as a window. Which two of these groups, to which of these two groups do you belong? There is a picture of seasoned nautical experts drowning in fear before their ship breaks up. And then there's a seasoned traveler preacher who ain't scared at all. Because he got something they ain't got. Here Paul stands in the middle of a dangerous journey, some 14 days these wayfarers have not eaten, and it is dark upon dark, and it is the lowest moment of this multi-week journey, and Paul is calm as all daylight, even though the people around him are suffering from fear, and you ask Pastor Charlie, what's the difference between Paul and the people? Is it because he's a preacher and, and they are prisoners? No. Is it because uh, he's a seasoned traveler and they are not? No. I'll tell you what the difference is. They experience the same storm at the same time, feeling the same aggressive winds, but the difference is one of them got a word from God and the others did not. And I, I didn't come all of this way. I, I've climbed all this week to remind you that the difference, what makes a difference in life is whether or not you've heard from God. Because if you can hear from God, God does not have to deliver you from the storm, but God can keep you in the storm. I, I'm here today to tell you come hell and high water, you can face the same thing that everybody else faces. But if you get a word from the Lord, you will still stand because God's word can hold you fast. I'm here today to tell you that's why I come to church on Sunday morning. I don't come to church just to preach to y'all, but I come to church so I can preach to myself. I, I come to say, is there a word from the Lord? I'm here. I'm here to tell you that at his lowest moment in this journey, an angel shows up to Paul. Yes, he does. You got to read the narrative to appreciate it. Go home and read your Bible. An angel appears to Paul and says, hey, man, don't be scared. You're going to make it to Rome to testify about the Lord. And God is so good that he's given you the lives of all 269 other people on this ship. Y'all going to lose the ship. 
but you ain't going to lose your life. Paul says, I believe God. I wish I could preach. Oh, God, I feel like jumping off already. Y'all just ain't with me yet. See, it's one thing to get a word from God. It's another thing to believe the word that you heard. Paul says, I heard from my God. And what I got to tell y'all is, I believe God. I wonder if Paul is thinking biographically here, saying, God has never failed me. He's never left me down. His word has never returned to him void. And when you got some history with God, that God has always told you the truth, then you're able to stand up and to say, I believe God. I don't believe the horoscope. I'm not living on the news. I'm not watching my favorite podcast. I believe I believe God. So I came today to tell somebody who may be struggling with your brokenness. Maybe you're a kid in school and the other kids don't want to sit with you in the lunchroom. Maybe you're a wife who's struggling with raising your children or feeling the disaffection of your spouse. Maybe you stand at the brink of a divorce or maybe you're sad because you've been trying to have kids and you cannot. Maybe your career has got you. I don't know where you are, but I want to say I know that life has a way of making you feel uncertain. But here is the word from God today. You going to make it because there's salvation in the storm. God may not pull you out of it, but he'll keep you in it. There is salvation in the song. Stick with the ship, child of God. God's going to see you through. Let me, let me argue my case. Let me argue my case. When I tell you this story and try to unpack it, this is a big ship, church. It's a major industrial vessel of the ancient world. It's meant to carry 70 tons of grain. Claudia, the emperor of Rome, incentivized wayfarers, captains, and businessmen to ride the ship through the worst time of year to keep the grain coming from Egypt to Rome. They knew better than to ride these ships at this time of year. This is after the fast of atonement. It's like uh, September, October, Brajane down in Louisiana. It's hurricane season. This is the time you back up off of the water. But the love of money and the boost of industry will cause people to disregard life itself, to keep money flowing and industry going. So they get on this ship, and they're sailing, and it's dark, and the boat is rocking, and Paul stands up. Look at Paul. It's always the preacher who think he knows everything about everybody else's profession. I don't see this as bad. (laughs) He was actually telling the truth. He stood up and he said, I perceive that we should dock for the winter right here. Let's just stay. Because if we don't, we'll put ourselves at risk. They go, who are you? 
Paul says, all right, fine, let's go. And then they get out there, not far from land. And that boat is rocking, and that ship is moving. I can tell some of y'all ain't never been nowhere. But, but if you've ever been out on the open sea, where your great big old vessel feels like a small Lego in a kid's hand, and that boat is rocking and moving, it, it just ain't rocking and moving, y'all. It's dark outside. They had not seen the sun or the sky for 14 days. It got so severe that they stopped eating. You know what that is? That's a picture of grief and fear meeting together. Because even when you're grieving or afraid, sometimes you forget to eat. Your spirit kind of is uneased and your body starts to take to itself. This is striking to me because these are nautical experts. In other words, these aren't people who are easily frightened, church, by the storm, the winds, and the waves. But this must be some major storm. Paul calls it, Luke calls it a Eurocolan storm. It's a northeasterly wind. They were hoping for a western wind to push them toward Rome. But even the circumstances of nature are fighting against them. And then they fear that they will lose their lives. And Paul stands up and says, you're not going to lose your life. We all going to make it. And they say again, who are you? <laughs> and the soldiers in their own fear, are tempted to take the lives of the prisoners because according to Roman law, if a soldier lost a prisoner, the soldier had to surrender their lives. Then the sailors at the same time are wanting to abandon the ship. And so they cut off the safety, the life rafts, the boats, the smaller vessels that would get them to shore so that they could jump in them and abandon the ship. And here Paul is saying to both groups, the sailors and the soldiers. Our fate is intertwined with one another. The only way all of us are going to make it is that all of us got to stay together. And then that moment comes. It's that moment that grabbed my heart for you this week. It's when the boat strikes a reef and the waves beat upon the stern of the ship and the anchors grab hold and that boat is breaking up. And in that moment, if you can see life as a voyage, you can feel the tension heightening here where people are saying, I can't swim. And other people are saying, I'm too weak to swim. And others are saying, look at the waves. I can't jump in that water. And, and the captain, the centurion, Julia, says, everybody who can swim, go for it. Do you see them? Jumping off. Wouldn't it have been me? <laughs> Jumping off. Diving into the water. There I am. Can you see me looking hopelessly <laughs> for a life raft? What's the little vest you put on? You got to blow the air into it. That, I want one of those. Centurion says, we ain't got none of those, Pastor Charlie. Everybody else who can't get it like they can, jump in that water. Here it is. And grab hold of one of the broken pieces of this ship. 
I'm trying to just arrest your imagination for a brief moment and I'm going to be in my, on my way. They grab hold of these broken pieces, paddling their way against the waves. It's not the way that they saw this thing going when they got on the ship. It's not how they imagined that they would make it to the shore. They're looking back at the very vessel that held them and now they're holding on to a piece of the vessel and they've been through the darkness and it seems like it's getting worse but then they anticipate the shore because God doesn't need the whole ship to get you where he's taking you. God can give you a piece of what you thought you had and he can say you can make it on what you got left. I wish I had somebody in here. I may not have everything I thought I would have, but I can make it on the little bit that I got. Yes, yes. You may not have all of your marriage left, but you can make it on the little you got left. You, you may not have all of your health left, but you can make it on the little that you got left. You may not have all the joy that you hope for, but you can make it. Yes, you can on the little you got left. I want to say just two things to you, and I'm already done with my sermon. First thing I want to say to you is something unsettling. Are you ready, church? No, you ain't ready. You ain't ready, but I got to tell you anyway. Just tuck it away like a pearl in the pocket of your own heart. God reserves the right to take you through a storm. I know some of you in the spring of life right now, everything has been going your way. Your skin is glowing. Your career is looking optimistic. You have no troubles with your credit. All your friends love you and everything you want goes your way. That's good. Enjoy it, child of God. But keep living. Keep living. And I'm saying this because I want you to think rightly about life. I don't want you to be mad at God when things don't go your way. I, I want you to know something. God is too good to let you live life with just sunshine. God is too good just to give you everything you ask for. God reserves the right to send you through a storm. Yes, he does. And when he does, you got to believe that you're on your way somewhere. Paul says, I'm going to Rome because God has given me a date with destiny. It doesn't matter how I get there. I know that God wants me to get there to testify. He said it three times in scripture, the, the most previous in Acts 23 and again now in Acts 27. And he says to us that the man or woman of faith who does not believe that they're going somewhere will fall apart when the ship falls apart. But if in your soul 
you believe that God has you on a journey and that God is too good to drop you when the ship breaks. If you believe that there is purpose assigned to your life, that God has something he wants you to do in the world, you can look at that storm and say, I'm on my way somewhere because God promised me I'm going to get there and I'm going to wait to see what the end is going to be. I didn't come this far to fall apart, but I want to see what the end is going to be. People may not understand. Friends may not grab hold of it, but you got to know in your heart that God reserves the right to take you through some things. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I leave you now. God help me. I leave you now. When I tell you that you really can make it on broken pieces. Here we are and I'm done. When it seems like all hope is lost. When the places of comfort become the places of pain. When you've done all that you know to do and everything you've had has been broken up around you. I want to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. This is the human experience. It is desperation. And, and the color of this text says that every human heart must break. Because God will not use you if he cannot bruise you. He wants to know, I was looking for he wants to know how high can he lift you without losing you. And one way to tell is that he's got to let your heart break sometimes. He, he's got to let your your body aches sometimes. He's, he's got to let things go a different way so that you don't get arrogant and start thinking it was you and you walk around like you got it all together, but instead you lean on him. Oh, church, I love y'all. And I don't want you to think I don't love you because I'm leaving you. But I love you, and I got to tell you, I know the reason I know isn't just because of a ship that got broken up in Acts 27, but it's because of a Savior that got broken up on a cross. When I tell you that you can make it on broken pieces, you ought to ask me, what pieces are you talking about, Pastor? I want to tell you what pieces I'm talking about. I'm not talking about pieces of your life or pieces of your money or pieces of your past I'm saying that he said this is my body which is broken for you he told his disciples as, as many times as y'all get together eat this meal and think of me because when they break me I'm you back together again.
we can hold on to the broken pieces. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Dr. Charlie Dates, Senior Pastor of the Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago. For more information about our church, visit ProgressiveChicago.org. Progress is yours through the gospel of Jesus Christ.